But do you feel like your heart is in the right spot right now? Hmm? Probably but not. Deep personally. Well, what's up, guys? Welcome, oh, welcome to the not, channel. Wait, hold on, hold on. Hey, yeah, Luke, you gotta go to at least a three, no, two, no, one. No, no, no. Oh, but the song was so nice. I thought the perfect intro. You know? No. What's the song? Can I hear it? Well, you just the sung one it. that we were doing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are on episode sixty-nine. <laughs> and today we're talking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're like four seconds in, and you already have to cut something out entirely. <laughs> well, no, but. We have a very special person back on, finally. I'm not special. It's been special. a long time. What do you mean? <coughs> well, we've it, both been MIA. <laughs> it's either an insult or it's uh, undeserved. <laughs> but uh, Wolfgang, a.k.a. Jack. Uh, I don't know what to call <laughs> you anymore. Just call me. A.k.a. Wolfie. Someone called me Evan <laughs> today. JJ. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm glad you're here. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. What's it like to be back in the, the Aspen Valley with the snow? and I didn't miss the weather. Like, no. two days after I got back, apparently it's like the coldest day we've had all year. It was it was pretty it cold. It was chilly. In the car, it says negative five. And I'm like, <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, so you don't like the cold? Um, I don't, know. it. I, I moved down to Tampa, Florida, for all of you who are yeah. unknowing of so my let's, let's start existence. there. What? What what happened since you left? What what was your journey like? Any any experiences that you wanna journey? What is my journey like? So, um, well, let me put this into perspective. We had an episode a while back before I left. I believe it was about the party scene of college mm -hmm. and kind of like what is to be expected. And the problem is, is that <laughs> none of us had been to college, and so really. We, we didn't know what we're talking we about. We weren't really speaking on much authority. No. But with that in mind, it wasn't incorrect. Because, <laughs> uh, pretty much the whole summer. So I got put into a summer program that was kind of like a cultural enrichment program for out-of-state kids, um, which is funny because I lived there for 14 years, so I don't really know why I got put in the out-of-state program. But that's not the point. The point is is that I had two classes um, they were both twice a week on Tuesday and Thursday. So, and I was living there seven days a week, obviously. And so I literally had five days a week where I could do anything that I wanted. Wow. It was very freeing. Um, my bank account wanted to kill me <laughs> sometimes, but you know, stuff happens. Um, but no, most of the nights, a lot of the times, especially on weekends, kids would go out and if they didn't go to... A, a club or whatnot, they would party until they basically couldn't stand anymore. And it was fun, you know, to hang around it for a little bit. I wasn't doing it personally. I'm just saying it was fun to, you know, have friends and you got like 20 people that you can talk to at a social gathering. But the problem is, is that everybody was so impaired to the point where it almost was just not even, it wasn't <laughs> even fun. It wasn't working. No, it wasn't. And, it only got worse when the summer ended and the fall started, and the reason is is because that's when the frats and the sororities mm. and everything came out. So all of the people who I'd made friends with, keep in mind, I went to the beach with like 30 people at, at a time sometimes, um, maybe even more. And it was a lot of fun. We all hung out on the beach, and it was a great time. But all those people that I was friends with during the summer ended up moving into a frat or a sorority. <clears throat> and for those of you who are too young or 
just have never went to college or anything, you, you don't understand how much of a commitment that truly is. It takes up literally all of your free time, pretty much. All your nights that you would spend, besides like studying and things like that, all of your nights that you would spend going and having dinner with family or something, a lot of it is put towards that. And so I lost a lot, if not all of my friends. The only person that I really had left was my roommate, and he... <laughs> he sits and plays video games for <laughs> the entire. There was a certain point where he didn't leave his room, the room for yeah. for two weeks straight. Oh my god! He didn't leave, or it wasn't like he didn't leave campus for two weeks straight. Yeah. and he had a car, so he could go wherever he wanted. He just chose not to, and so. Did you have a car? I did. I do okay. have a car. Yeah, and uh, I like my car a lot. <laughs> my truck. Yes, I have an F one fifty. Nice. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but so then, but the reason is, is that I, so I lost a lot of my friends, if not all of them, pretty much. Because they were just, t- I mean, what, what, what do you do in a frat and sorority? Like, do you, you have certain gatherings? Just like so it's seen as like a brotherhood, which normally under normal circumstances would be a great thing. Like, I believe that a lot of us have a brotherhood. Yeah. And we all, you know, build each cult, other up. So that's a little different. We're a cult? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's seen as like yes you have this group of friends but the problem is that you have to pay thousands of dollars a semester to be in these fraternities and I'm like why would I first of all why would I pay to basically have friends separate from college exactly <laughs> that's a there. good yeah. way of putting it like it's literally it feels like you're paying for friends <laughs> secondly if you have bad grades I know this kid he's got like D average grades he's probably going to get kicked out of the frat if he hasn't already because you have to have certain grades, you have to, you're held up to a standard, which I think is good. Oh, I yeah. think you need to be you, held up. You to always a think frat kids are stupid. No, they got to keep good grades. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to to an extent, a C average or above. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah. So no, it's it's one of those things. It's just so controlling of your life. I just I did not want to be a part of it. And I made that clear to them since the start. I had one or two people who were my good friends, who were like, "Oh no, I have to go into it. Like I want to." And, you know, they're doing okay, but it's it's one of those things. Like, they'll give me a drunk phone call every now and then, <laughs> and I'm like, what happened to you? You know? Yeah. Because you feel as if you know these people. I feel like a lot of kids are just pressured into doing it because it's like, if I don't go be part of a frat, what am I going to do in college? Yeah. Wh- what friends am I going to have? Well, I think that's the only way to make friends and have fun. And the problem is, is that I'm trying to find friends like I do here who build me up and are encouraging me to just become the better version of myself every day. Unfortunately, I haven't found that yet. So have you found any sort of church or community or? So I tried actually going into a church early on, mostly in the summer. And I went up to these guys. They seemed really nice. He gave me a couple of phone calls. I met with them and we talked about, you know, getting together and, and, you know, spreading the gospel and things like that. But it turns out, like, he... And I met with a couple other people, and they all almost felt as if they were, like, strictly, you can't sin, one, and two, you have to spread the gospel. And granted, those are, like, moral things that you keep in your head, yeah. But they made it so that way, like, if if my friends would go out and party, then they would basically get lectured by these guys. Oh, no. Instead of, like, encouraged to do the right thing, it was more like you did the wrong thing. And so it felt as if you were almost a robot for their recruiting system, almost. It it seems like it's almost a cult. Exactly. They were more condescending than... Yeah, they were definitely... Yeah, they looked down on us, and so I didn't want anything to do with it. And so what I do, if I don't have a community, people to connect with, 
is I constantly try to invest in myself and learn new things. And so that's what I did over, over the course of however many months I was there, about six months, I'd say. I started learning skills like construction. I've been reading a lot more. And uh, I've just been doing a lot of different things. And so I work about 30 hours a week in an apprenticeship, mostly just for my parents, but there's uh, some other work that I've also done on offices and things like that. But I've just been trying to learn more and more as my life has gone on. That's good. Um, Unfortunately, I still haven't found a good community. And that's basically, that's one of the big foundations of my faith. And so it feels as if I've fallen away every now and then Mm -hmm. just because I have no one to go to. No, I feel that even when I go on vacation, you're kind of just like taken away from that, even for like a month or yeah. so. It's just yeah. like a big switch. Mm-hmm. You're like taken away from something. So how has your faith been without like a community like we have here at Crossroads? It's it's definitely not as strong as it used to be. It's more like an on and off, like, oh, shoot, yeah, I forgot about it for a second. Because there's always so much going on. Mm-hmm. I'm working about three or four days a week. Then I have classes. What are you, what are you doing for work? Construction? Or yeah. You? Okay. And then I have classes for literally two full days. I have five classes in a day. Oof. So, and they're each like an hour or two hours. So one of them was even three hours at one point. Okay. Um, and so it's hard. Plus you have all the homework on top of it. So I'm not trying to make any excuses or anything, but you yeah. know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to keep track mm-hmm. of all of your homework and everything. And then on top of it, stay in a faith, especially when you have nobody to hold you accountable. I think that's definitely one thing that we need to, to, that we all take for granted here is that we have people that hold us accountable. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we try to stick and we're honest with each other. We try to stick with, uh, stick with what's right for us. What's doing, what's going to, you know, help us in the long term. But doesn't Tampa, Florida have like, just a huge population. You'd think there'd be something there. Probably. And Honestly, I blame myself a lot of the time because I think I don't think I'm trying hard enough mm-hmm. personally, um, and I'll admit that outright. I don't think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing uh, in terms of finding a church. But yeah, when I don't have like a community, I mostly just invest in myself. I try to constantly figure out like ways that I can be successful and ways that I can learn new things, and it it works out well. But definitely, there's been drifting back and forth between you know being with God and being without him. And it sucks because for some reason my mind is wired to where if I mess up, I, I feel as if I'm on the other team, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like you're, I'm working against God now since I messed up instead of, you know, being like, Oh, I screwed up, but I'm covered and I need to return to God because that's the only way that I'm going to redeem myself. Yeah. And so a lot of the times it feels as if I'm working against God, if I am doing something incorrect and it makes me not want to go back to him, but then I have to snap myself out of that and go back to him, and then it's okay again. So what are your ways you go back to him? To, like, pray, prayer, reading? Yeah, a lot of the time. So I have a lot of alone time, especially because where I work is about an hour away from where I live. So I've got a lot of time where I can listen to worship music and talk to God and things like that. Um, and I read in any free time that I do have. Uh, and I'm trying to reading like actual reading or audiobooks. Yeah, actual reading. Um, I try. To <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any. Of that. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I, I gotta minimize my phone usage. I might switch over to a flip phone at some point. My gosh, because me being on my phone has become such a problem for me to where I just don't even want to. Have you? Know, I don't want to. Have you heard of the smart or the what's it called? The dumb phone? No, I have not. You haven't. It's. 
so I mean, I've seen videos about it. It seems pretty slow, but you can still text. Mm-hmm. You can still call. I think it even still has GPS on it. Yeah. But and you can't download any social media. I might just get like a slider phone and then go for Slide. that. <laughs> because the one thing about a flip phone is you can't text very easily. Mm-hmm. Just just take your phone and like force it onto like uh, turn cellular data off. Yeah, I mean, and no internet. I've tried a few. I've tried a few things, and but yeah, it's too easy to turn back on. Yeah, so it exactly. Doesn't work. Yeah. It's like it's like one of those <laughs> things. Yeah, you gotta. Let's say there's a cage right here, and you you gotta grab something, or there's something there that you're not supposed to have, but you can just reach through the bars and grab it. It's yeah, like yeah. yeah. Well, what's the cage really doing? Is yeah, that, that's true. So. Yeah, I pu- I've put time limits on like Instagram and YouTube. But they're so easy to just ignore. But yeah. no, <laughs> but for some reason Apple lets you just click yeah. ignore time limit and then just keep watching. It. And so it's like, like I had Jocelyn put a code on my on my phone so that way. Oh, that's smart. Like yeah. so that way she could do my parental controls and I could do hers, and. So I was like, oh, good, this will work. And then it pops up. It's like, your time limit's reached. I click ignore, and then I just keep going. And I'm like, well, then what's the point what's of the, the point? time you can't limits? Do the t- so you can't even do a password for to click ignore? No. No, you can't. It, you just, yeah, you can. it, go, it bypasses it. Well, I'm, I'm maybe I haven't figured it out, but when I go back to fix it, both of us have forgotten the passcodes that we put on each other's this, phones. This must be one of the first, like, moments where, like, someone your age tries to get the, the thing to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns off. Double sweaty. Double. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's ridiculous. I <laughs> I want to turn it all off and just, you know, be at one. And it's nice. Like, some, some mornings I'll wake up and I won't even go on my phone for mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. be one with, with, you know, God and one with the universe. You know, you're just there in the moment. You don't need yeah. you don't need any specific like you don't need something to distract you. I feel as if I might have a little bit of ADD, but I'm I'm not gonna sit there and be one of those self diagnosers that <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. I have ADD. So how dare you say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Um, yeah, I might have it. Dyslexic. Would you ever want to try a phone fast for just a week, even? Just I mean, not yeah, using your phone. But the issue is, is that like. I have people that call me. I have people that text That's me. That's the thing. Yeah. And so I would do like a slider phone, and I'd probably stick with that if I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. And the one thing is I need like a GPS or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just put that in my car. Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, I'd be so lost if I had no GPS. That's on my that's phone. the one thing is I need a phone that like doesn't have Instagram but still has Google Maps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the phone has replaced so many things exactly, like that yeah. we used yeah. to have, like music, flashlight even, camera. All these things, yeah. This calculator, it's become one yeah, device. It, it so that's puts why it all into it one. It's so convenient. Yeah. Um, Have you tried just just deleting Instagram and yeah. Snapchat? Yeah. <laughs> well, Snapchat's <laughs> not a problem. Snapchat's fine. I don't care okay. about Snapchat. Um, but yeah, Instagram and uh, and YouTube are my two biggest ones. Just TikTok mm. alternatives, we'll call them. TikTok. Because I don't. I've never downloaded TikTok. I've never liked the whole idea of the Chinese government being able to access my information. So that's smart. Personally, I don't. I don't do it because they can like look at your contacts and photos and stuff. Oh and yeah, they, yeah. They have an algorithm based on your personality. Entirely. Crazy. So right. I. I don't. I don't know. I'm not comfortable with it. And they're like, yeah, Instagram and YouTube do the same thing. It's like, yeah, but. You know, they're not it's owned not the by Chinese. the Chinese government <laughs> who wants basically death to America all day. <laughs> so let's kind of like make this a little easier for everyone to understand. If you could start over, like let's say you left for Florida oh, yes. today, oh, yeah. what would you do differently? What would I do differently? Um, I would probably, well, the thing is, is that. Or would you not do anything differently? 
Well, that's the thing, is I never know how things are going to turn out if yeah. I were to change them. So, like, for instance, if I had chosen not to be part of the popular crowd and hang out with 35 people at the beach, what would my destiny be in terms of that? Would I be better or worse? Because maybe I have, you know, friends and connections that I wouldn't have had without doing that. And But it's also the other factor of it is, like, I might have learned more. I might have invested in myself more, and I might have mm. found something that helps me connect more to God uh, if I didn't do that. So I don't really know what would happen. I, I can't really tell. And so would I have changed things if I knew the outcome and it was a good outcome? Yeah. But mm -hmm. I, I don't really know what, what could be different. So I, I don't really know if I could. Would so. you Do you have any desire or calling, let's say, to join a ministry? Well, I always want to, but the question is, is like, is it the right one? Mm -hmm. And so I have constantly, I went to probably two or three different churches on campus and I met this girl and I had, I, I went to her room one night and I talked to her for probably a good four hours oh, and wow. we just talked about like our relationship with God and stuff. Um, and that's literally all we did was we just sat there and talked about it. And she said she had a very nice church and I asked her to send me it and it never got sent to me. Oh no! <laughs> but yeah, that's not really the point. I broke the pen. That's not the point. <laughs> no, uh, this is my favorite pen. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I missed. Oh, there's a secret Santa gift right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll get a new pen. <laughs> one singular pen. Yeah. A bolt action pen. Seventy-five dollars. Okay. Nice. Do you, but, I mean? Did you think you so? You, this doesn't have to do much with Christianity, but you said you're you're learning and doing an apprenticeship. You're going to college. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to teach yourself. Which of those three kind of like do you think is the most efficient way of learning something? Um, definitely the hands-on stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you that. And mm -hmm. so I had multiple jobs actually. I'm not sure any of you guys know this, but I, for about three weeks, I was a, a vacuum salesman. Oh, really? Yep. That's pretty awesome. I went out in a van. Dyson or what were we selling? Uh, Kirby. Kirby? Kirby. Yeah. So I went out in a van. And right. So I went out in a van, and I had, uh, we had a bunch of these boxes, basically. Um, the model was called the Avalier 2. No. And we'd go out. Oh. And you just sold me. <laughs> so we would basically do an entire demonstration on why this thing was good. Because you could never sell a vacuum at this price. Oh. It was $3,800. Um, you could never what? sell a vacuum at this price point without being able to justify it through, like, you know, demonstrating it. Nobody would ever believe that something is worth that much unless you actually went out and do it. And I thought that I was, you know, helping people. I thought that I was doing the right thing by, you know, showing them this great product that was going to help their house and stuff. And then one day, Jocelyn, well, first of all, it was about some some. Did you sell any? Work. <laughs> I wasn't. Now well, because no, but the thing is, is that you, it wasn't a salesman personality. You need to physically go in there and put on a show. You need to lie to the people in order to make it seem mm. as if it's real. They would tell me like, "Hey, I don't," or they're like, "Deaf, blind, or whatever." I don't care. Like as long as I get the sale, and they would be like, "You have to," or whatever. They had like an instruction manual on what to do. Like they had a ten-step plan on what you should say. And they would walk me through it all. And he said, like, you have car payments, whatever, you got rent. Put that all into there and say, you know, if you feel as if you're hurting them, just think about it like it's me or them. 
And I was like, I hate that. I don't like that at all. So mm -hmm. I never put my like fake show on. I was always honest with the people. And, the, so, and then I'd also have like 15-hour days some days. Literally, I'd wake up at 9. I wouldn't get back till 1 a.m. Or I would get there at 9. I wouldn't get back till 1 a.m. So it became a big, like, mm, I'm not 100%. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not on this, really. And Jocelyn was the main factor that did not like it because I would come home so late. Um, she would hate it. And so she came up to me, and the main thing that kind of drove me away from it all was she came up to me and she goes, Jack, I looked up what you're selling, and it, it's only selling for 2100 online, not 3800 and so I asked them about it, and they were like, well, that's your commission, basically. So I'm charging people almost double the amount just because they can... They the in-person show. Yeah, because <laughs> I got the in-person show. Like, they're paying me for my show or something. And I thought that was kind of terrible, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, so after every show after that, I basically would tell people, like, listen, if you're going to buy this, uh, because they wouldn't sell it, or they wouldn't buy it from me, I would say, listen, if you're going to buy this, do it online. Don't call these people. <laughs> That's what I said. I was the like, opposite of Wolf of Wall yeah. Street right here. So I was <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I like, goodbye. And I, I, I didn't even get a paycheck on it because I basically made only commission. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I, I learned a little bit of sales stuff. Not really, though. I try. It's, it's not like sales at all. Yeah. Who knew the vacuum industry was so dirty? <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah, it it just I don't it know. sucks that vacuum industry, dude. It didn't make me feel good on the inside. <laughs> it was one of those things that's like you know you do the right thing for the wrong reason. And my honest intention was like some of these guys were making six figures selling these vacuums, and so I was like, you know, could make a little bit of money here. Well, with deception, you, you can make money anywhere, but it's just, yeah. is it right? <laughs> that, well, I figured that out. I thought that I was going to be doing good, and I'd be making a lot of money in the same time. Unfortunately, it's rare that you can really, like, fully do good and make a lot of money. It's very, very hard. Because mm -hmm. mm. money's not typically used as a good thing. Well, that's a good lesson right there, yeah, I'd say. Right there. So, yeah. So that, that was one job. What was the other two? Oh, yeah. no. That, I mean... That w I said I had that job for three weeks. Yeah. Um, what else? Did oh, I well, I had two other jobs that reached out to me, but I didn't actually take them. Okay. One of them was uh, was a plumbing business. They wanted me to be a plumber. Wait, that's a pipe? Yeah. Nice. They wanted me, or they actually uh, were going to pay me pretty well, but I decided not really, no, because mm -hmm. I don't like dealing with human feces that much. <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. I could deal with it, but, you know. How bad do I want it? Not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not not that bad. So hands-on learning, best way to do it. Have you learned anything useful in college, you think? Like, what kind of classes have you taken? This you problem is that they're all prereqs right now. Mm. And so I can't take anything from my actual major, which is funny because I went to go register for classes for next semester, and I literally chose, like, real estate and, and mm. marketing and, you know, construction, things that I wanted to do. And it said, like, the limitation was either this isn't your major or you haven't completed your prereqs. And so I emailed my advisor because I've never done this before. No one's ever explained yeah. it to me. I felt like an idiot. But <laughs> he goes, oh. he goes, what are you doing trying to register for these classes? You have things like econ <laughs> and, and, comp and like, uh, composition and things like that, history. I'm like, I'm I didn't not pay here for college. For I that. I'm not here. That for advisor saved your life. Why is that? If you were able to take those classes, you'd be, <laughs> dude, you'd overload yourself well 
I think I'd be fine. Um, but he wanted me to do the prereqs, which you're required to. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to take those classes eventually. Mm-hmm. Which I wanted to take those classes, but they said no. College is a scam. Let me tell you. Uncertain. <laughs> yeah, uncertain. <laughs> I mean, I think if you go for like a legitimate thing, like a doctor or a lawyer, sure. Go yeah, for no, for it. sure. But, but the majority of people who are there, they're not there for the right reasons. Uh, a lot of them are there for the partying in the community, which mm-hmm. I think is one thing. My parents sent me to college because they wanted me to be part of the partying community. But it's really? just not. It's not fun for me. I don't know. Different people find different things fun. I'll have, you know, a drink or two at a social gathering. I won't get blasted, um, but I'll have a drink or two. I went to a wedding, you know, and drank. One man's trash is another man's treasure. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about weddings there, Matthew, or what? (laughs) Where did that come from, Matthew? I like to go thrifting. (laughs) No, are you saying you don't like partying, but someone else likes partying? Yeah. But I like going to like means. social gatherings with my family and stuff, and I'll, I'll have a beer or two. I don't. I don't yeah. I'm not like ah, the alcoholic and not touch the mm. lips. Of me. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm not like fully against it, but I am against like getting absolutely blasted beyond where you can physically control yourself. But you know, yeah. Did you listen to any of the Firestarters podcasts while you were gone or no? Did I study it <laughs> no. or listen to any? <laughs> um, yeah, I listened to a couple of the episodes that you nice. guys did. Um, any any criticism? Any any thoughts? No, I mean it's about the same old, same old. <laughs> I'm not. There's well, there's a lot I'm gonna say about this, Luke. Okay. No, I'm just. Kidding. I listened. <laughs> I'm just joking. I listened to all of Matthew's episode that he was on recently. Wow. Well, I listened to whatever YouTube recommends. <laughs> it recommended me the first episode the other day, and I did not watch it. Actually, what <clears throat> like the last month before. Winter break, I was listening through all the, our old podcasts again. Nice. They were fun. They were good. They were fun. Well, that's good. The first one sucked. And the fifth <laughs> one. That one wasn't so hot. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite episode. What are you talking about? Everyone go listen to it, actually. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, we're not going to. I still have the newspaper. Oh, you do? School. Yeah, it's sitting oh, on my, on you my you gotta, wardrobe. You got to frame I don't think we've ever told the story to the audience. I, I think now's the time to share. No, <laughs> we, have, we, we, have. we have. It's just not worth bringing up, especially because I'm back for one episode <laughs> out of six months and this comes back up. It's not going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to go down well. Um, the question is, though, are you excited to go back? To where? Florida. I mean, I always love Florida. Yeah. So I I never really wanted to move here in the first place, honestly. Yeah. I think it was definitely necessary for my character development. I don't think I would be the same person as I am today. I definitely think I would be worse ar- off if I didn't move to Aspen. But at the same time, you know, I like the warm weather. Skiing isn't enough to keep me here, unfortunately. I do yeah. like skiing, but just not to the extent no, that sure. it can keep me like living here. Um, and I was talking to Jackie Long earlier, and she was like, not many people can leave Aspen. So she was like, I'm proud of you on that aspect. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand what she mean- meant, but it made me realize, like, yeah, a lot of these people have been here for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't leave. Which, no. whatever, if people like it, they like it. But she made it seem as if, like, people can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trap. <laughs> no, like the Mormon you're communities. Under a, you're you know? under a curse in Aspen. It's just curse of just beauty <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a nice place it live. is it is a place of distraction i'll say that yeah like that's what people oh. they want to be distracted t- from reality it's a total snow globe yeah <laughs> that's good that's a good analogy yeah so uh what, what are you most excited to go back just the warm weather or 
Yeah, I do like the warm weather. Um, I also kind of want to get back into, you know, learning more and more. Because uh, me not being there, you know, stuff is still going on in terms of construction without me. And so I want to learn more. A little, f- little FOMO going on? Yeah, basically. What, what are you building, houses or... Yeah, for the most part. I mean, small, like, studio apartment things. That's cool. Nothing, like, massive, but uh, still nonetheless fun. Nice. Um, But, yeah, I've realized, like, the amount of knowledge that there is in the world is very, very minuscule. Or, sorry, I that my knowledge is very, very minuscule compared to the knowledge that the world has. And so I realize there's a lot for me to learn. I keep trying to learn more and more, but realistically there's a certain point where you have to find your niche mm-hmm. you, just, yeah and you got to invest in that heavily with your mind um and you can't you're not going to know everything i know a little bit about a lot of things and like for instance jocelyn she knows a lot about a little bit of things and so she gets upset when she feels kind of like an idiot sometimes when we're talking about stuff and i'm right the majority <laughs> of the time i'm not trying to say this to be mean to jocelyn <laughs> but she'll admit that um and it's because she, like, like if you asked me anything about half the stuff that she knows, I would have no clue. But yeah. it's mostly all about, like, horseback riding and cattle and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I have a very general knowledge. Like, I know a thing or two about it. But she's been doing it for five, six years now. So I can't even get close to comparing to what she knows. But at the same time, I've been investing in smaller things that, like, you know, just life experience in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it really depends on the person. But eventually, you do need to find what you're good at, and you need to invest yourself into that. Yep. And that's what I've I've learned, is that there's so much to learn to where you're never going to learn it all. So instead of, you know, chasing after the unchaseable, find one thing that you can get really good at, preferably something that makes a lot of money, <laughs> and just go after it, and you'll love it. Well, acquire as many skill sets as you can, for sure. That's what, yes. that's what keeps me not broke, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I mean... It is important, but like your pursuit for that knowledge of worldly things, does it ever distract you from the pursuit of, you know, the knowledge from God? (laughs) Of course. Yeah, and that's one of the big things is that you have to have a balance in your life. That's always been something Mm -hmm. that I believe is that, yes, you can be 100% God and be fine. You can't be 100% world and be fine. But I also think that you should be partially part of the world. Because yeah, I mean, look at Jesus. He was a yeah. carpenter. He yeah. was making stuff out yeah, of wood. He, construction, yeah. essentially, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that you need to, you know, have some knowledge, have something that can make you money because I, I want to be wealthy in the future, not because I want to be selfish and, you know, have all this stuff to myself, but I want to be able to run programs and things like that that can help people with that wealth. Yeah. And so that's why I'm striving to learn skills that will make me a lot of money so that way I can invest it back into the community and invest it to hopefully praise God. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, having these kind of skill sets that we can learn, we can use them to bless others, not just to benefit ourselves. Of course. And yeah. God can use those gifts to do crazy things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's all good. Um, So, did Jocelyn just come to Florida, or was she always there? No, she's been there since September. Okay, so you've had it as that kind of a community, essentially, like, you've had someone else there to keep yeah, you slightly accountable. Yeah, me and her, but the problem is that she works so often to where I don't really see her very much. I mean, we see each other, obviously, but... Not as much. And she has an apartment with, like, two or three other people now. Um, so, yeah, it's it's working out for her. Um, but it's kind of like we're not long-distance dating anymore. It's kind of mm-hmm. like we're just dating 
in a community, which is nice. Um, I definitely don't want to like, you know, rush everything to move in and get everything before, you know, I fully know that I want to, to marry her. You know? Yeah. And so for you, would you move in with somebody before you marry them? If you know I you're going to marry them? But only, yeah, if I was about 99% sure if I was going to marry them, mm-hmm. it, it's not, and that's another thing is that I, the reason why I want to move in with them beforehand is so that way you know how they are when you move in with them. Because a lot mm-hmm. of the time you don't know what you're getting yourself into. If you <laughs> never, like yeah. some people are super dirty, some people are lazy, some yeah. people watch too much TV and you don't really know this if you're just, you know. I mean, you can get it from like walking into the that. room. Yeah, my, my dad true. always says before you date a girl, go and walk into a room, see what it looks like. But and sometimes, it's messy, leave. sometimes, <laughs> yeah, leave. Oh, Luki, she's not worth it. But no, but sometimes people will literally just clean up because you're coming over, so you have no clue that's until true. you live. You got these surprise, yeah, <laughs> so, visits. And that's yeah, it's a big thing is that you got to balance that. You got to understand like where is the responsibility of them and where is the responsibility of you, and how is that going to work in your household. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know to kind of counter that, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think what other people might say is like, I think a lot of the journey should happen within marriage, like growing and helping mm-hmm. each other yeah. change in ways. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be two perfect people that both agree on everything before you get married. Of course. Um, but I see what you're saying for sure. I yeah. don't, I don't want to, because, you know, if I'm marrying somebody that's going to last forever and my parents since day one, and a lot of people have told me this, the person that you marry is the number one important thing in your life. After, you know, after two, (laughs) what's number one, Matthew? God. Okay. I'm saying (laughs) the most, the most important decision in your life is choosing who to marry. That's what I was saying. I'd say it's the second most important decision. What's the the most important one? God. God. Well, that's not a decision. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. It's a huge commitment. Okay. Given the fact that I've already put my faith in Jesus Christ. Your Mary. second biggest Your decision. Second okay, biggest whatever. Decision of <laughs> is who you marry. It's very important. If you marry someone who makes you miserable, you won't be able to make other people happy. Mm-hmm. That's what I've figured out. You won't be able to make yourself happy. Um, uh, in order for you to praise God in the best way possible, I think you need to be happy as a person. You need to make other people happy. There's this crazy story in the Bible. I forgot which prophet it was, but God told him to marry a prostitute, and he did. And it was pretty much he used him as a visual example. And like, this is how much I love you because uh-huh. he's he's comparing us to a prostitute, right? Yeah. We're just broken, terrible people. But true love will love regardless if they get love in return. I'm not saying obviously marry someone yeah, you love. Yeah. But like God loves us for like even mm-hmm. though a lot of the time we don't love him back and we're essentially in a terrible yeah, exactly. relationship. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying I want to make sure that I'm like 100% confident yeah, in who I'm no, going sure. to be with. Um, and yeah, I understand that involves some growing together, but that's kind of what I'm trying to do now. Yeah. If you don't mind sharing, what's, what's some of the things you're trying to get more clarity on before you make that decision? If I want just a broad sense of like, so one of the big things that I discovered since, cause Jocelyn lived with me in the dorm for like two months because she didn't have an apartment at that point And we were just, you know, waiting till she had a job and an apartment, but she has all that now. So but at the time, she was kind of living with me. We were two people sleeping in a twin bed, and it felt as if she was relying on me. Like, she couldn't she couldn't live without me, basically. Um, and that tore me apart. And most people, that wouldn't really make sense, but the reason why it tore me apart is I was thinking to myself for the future. I was like, okay, let's say that we have, I don't know, 
couple of children or something, and God forbid something were to happen to me. I'd get in a car crash, I was disabled or something, I don't know, or I died. If that were to happen, I want full confidence in my partner that she can move on without me and that can take care of herself mm-hmm. without me and the kids. I want somebody who is willing to step up to the plate and show that they can do it all without me. Because, yes, if you do something with someone that, like, if you are going through life with somebody and you guys are able to do it together, that's great. But if you have two people that are able to do it on their own and then they come together and do it, it will be way better than two people who are barely scraping by doing it together. So that's why I wanted to put Jocelyn in her own apartment with her own job. I'm not really going to be supporting her in any way. And that's what we're doing now. And so it's going to be like we're dating. And if she, if I told her if you grow well spiritually and physically, and if I see improvements in all of these places, then I'll know that you're basically someone you're that capable. I, yeah, that you're a capable human being and that you mm-hmm. can survive without me. Yeah, I mean, we see it in the story of like Ruth and Naomi, right? Like Ruth's f- f- uh, husband dies. I think both her kids died, yeah. and <clears throat> she had luckily um, Naomi to rely on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I think the biblical view of women is. I don't necessarily think we need to be fully like set up and capable of doing everything on mm-hmm. our own. I think it is the responsibility of a man to take care of a lot of that, but yeah, of course, definitely yeah. for sure. Like having someone that's capable of doing a lot of those things is super important. Yeah, exactly. Raising kids and knowing what's going on. But I'm saying if I'm going to go far in life, I want someone who is able to go far build on to what I'm doing instead of dragging me back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, if you know, we need to, if we need to, I don't know, get something done. It's like a business. You don't want yeah, to have yeah, you, a business partner. Like it doesn't you. only apply to having a wife. It applies to friends. your friends yeah. who yeah. you're with. No, a lot of it is, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a business, but also you need somebody who thinks one in the long term and one in the short term. And it's the same spiritually too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The short term person will take care of the day-to-day stuff, like you know, booking flights and making sure that, the foods on the table at night, but the long-term person is going to provide the f- financial cash flow for the short-term person, and they will eventually make a plan to where you know you can make more and more money. And money's not everything, but you know what I mean. I'm just talking about kind yeah. of in a business sense as well as in a family sense. Um, Do you think you learned that from your parents? As they, I think they are pretty e- like mm-hmm. they yeah. both are very. My mom is smart. definitely more of a short-term person. She takes care of all the day-to-day stuff, and my dad is the one that makes the big investments and things that help support our whole family. Mm-hmm. And yeah. granted, he he says that he wouldn't be able to do it without her. Yeah, um, you both. But you know, you need both of those things to come together to make something very good, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. So relationships should build on top of each other. And not just one person dragging the other w- by a rope the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's cool. You'll you'll get somewhere, but it just won't be as far as if you know you weren't able yeah. to, or if you had someone else. Nice. Do you have any game plans set in place if things don't things don't go as planned? In terms That's of a very a relationship, question. or <laughs> well, here, let, let me let me let me specify this a little bit more. Let's say, like, with, you know, making money in the future, what mm. if, what's the game plan if you're not able to just make money, have a, <laughs> st- have a stable income? So the thing is, is that I have, like, 
three or four different methods at all times of kind of how I'm going to set myself up in the future. Right now, I'm currently waiting for the housing market to crash in Tampa. Um, <laughs> Buy some real estate. Yeah, exactly. And that'll basically get me kick-started. <clears throat> but in the meantime, I'm just going to save up, and then I can figure out my options till then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always good to, like, look at look at alternatives and whatnot, like, some people, they'll do something as simple as going to Marshalls or TJ Maxx and buying something and then flipping it and selling it for double or Or on Facebook triple. with, yeah. like, free couches and stuff. Yeah. No, I'm making money is not hard. Yeah. If you put your mind to yeah. it, you can make money. The scary thing for me is, like, what if God calls me to do something where I'm not going to make money? Yeah. Because I am so obsessed with preparing myself and having things that I want and, like, you know, just, like, being capable of, like, if I want something, I can get it. Like, mm-hmm. that, that is so, like, it's so tempting to always go after that. Well, one and of have that opportunity. One of the things is is that but you need uh, a savings account mostly because if you don't, if you're not able to support yourself, it's going to be very hard for you to be able to support others. And many yeah. people do it. Many people are selfless enough to where they'll go out and they'll give their last penny to whoever needs it, even though they need it more. And I think that that's definitely something that is 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 admirable. One and it needs to be done more in this world. But I'm saying if someone has a million dollars. You're able to give, and the the story is with the guy who gave, or I think it was a woman who gave her last penny yep. or something to the church. And yes, that is very admirable, but at the same time, the guy who gave thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in the end really does help more people. I know that that is a controversial topic, but... Well, what Jesus was pointing out there is where the heart was at. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people were giving to show off. Right, and some people were giving because they really had faith yeah. in God that they would give their last, and that God would provide for them. Right, right. So there's a big mind switch there. Of course. Yeah. Now I'm not saying giving a ma- big amount of money to the church is bad. Obviously, that's great, and mm-hmm. if with the right intentions, it can do crazy huge things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a good, good example. Because I remember when I was starting to, uh, I was starting to make money. I told my parents I want to give ten to twenty percent of whatever I make to charities of any sort. My dad sat me down. And he was like. Well, you see, I give a lot of money to charity every year. And he said, but the thing is, is that I would not have been able to do that if I gave all the, or the same amount of money that I'm giving now as when I was making money. So what he did was he invested a lot of the money that he made. And then as he made more money, he was able to give it out. And he mm-hmm. could give more money now because he has more money now. Yeah. And so he kind of invested it himself so that way he could then give to more people. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things that's kind of like a, again, it's a balance thing. And so I think the only dangerous <laughs> thing with that is I think a lot of people think they're going to do that. Yeah. But a lot of times when they don't do it when they're broke, they're not going to do it when they're rich. No, and obviously your dad was able to do that. And that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, you got to be careful. Like, oh yeah, I'll love people when I have this and this, right, or exactly. I'll give money when I have this amount. Yeah. Um. So always just get like doing a brain check on yourself. Like, okay, can I be generous now? Because if you're not generous now, you're not going to be generous. Right. And it doesn't mean you have to be generous with just your money, obviously with your time, yeah. Yeah. with, you know, all those things. But <laughs> yeah. Some people are like, yeah, I'll give when I get what I want. Yeah. Once I <laughs> accomplish my right. dreams and then I'll give away. Um, so other people, you know, it's a requirement to accomplish their dreams in order to help other people. Like, for instance, if I want to start, I don't know, a program in which I'm helping people with sex trafficking or something, I need to be able to make enough money Um to buy a facility or something that way I can help with that. So it, it goes both ways. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, where your heart is, is definitely the most important factor right. of everything. Um, where your heart is, that's where your treasure will also be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so this well, is a big 
deeper question, but do you feel like your heart is in the right spot right now? Mm-hmm. Probably that not. A deep question. Personally. Um, I, I'm always trying to, (laughs) I'm always trying to improve, but honestly at this very moment, I don't think that I'm where I want to be. I think there's always room for improvement and I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, but I think that, you know, I can always, I can always, uh, make it better if that makes sense. I can always invest in myself more in terms of where God will come in and help me. And that's the one thing is that I've always, I've, I keep trying to take on, these battles alone, and they don't work. I need I need God in my life. These battles that pop up in terms of like friends and family and jobs, they're always constantly fighting for me, but I never seem to think about leaning on God for the answer. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the biggest issue for me is I need God and I don't turn to him enough. And so I need, er, in order to force the habit, I need to keep doing it more and more. So that way, <clears throat> you know, People can uh, can come to me, and when they ask about God, because I don't feel as if I have a position of authority when I speak about God anymore, mm-hmm. um, in Florida at least, because people are like, "Well, you've never really done this before," and I understand. Yes, you can just start preaching the gospel out of nowhere. You can, but in terms of your credibility, it's like the street preachers. A lot of the time, they're in Clearwater Beach and stuff. They'll go out and they'll hold signs and they'll be like, Jesus is coming back. And But the problem is, is that, especially on USF campus, they'll come out and they'll just start yelling at people like, you're going to hell if you don't <laughs> repent. And like it's like very angry. And these mm-hmm. people will yell at them. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, guys, come on. What are you? You're not, yeah, you're you're not, not loving. <laughs> and I understand. It's like, it, yes, it's true. But it, you don't. I don't know how to explain it exactly. But the truth can hurt. But the truth can also be delivered a lot better. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, we just you look at Jesus for an example. That's how it's to be done, and most of the time it was through love. Yeah. Like when the people would bring that woman, and like, through faith too. Yeah. So you need to have full confidence that God and hope. can can transform these people. You should mm-hmm. not you should not be inflicting the fear of God into people who have no idea who God is. You should be yeah, doing. You can't that. fear something you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you should be doing that when you're holding other people accountable. You should be saying, "Hey, this this is a problem, and this needs to be fixed." But you can't sit there and yell at somebody who doesn't believe in God and say God's going to damn you and stuff, because that's only going to drive them away further. It's like, well, I thought you said God loved me. It sounds like He wants to kill me. He hates me yeah. by the way that you're preaching it. Mm-hmm. Punish me. So yeah. Yeah, good example of this. I was I was actually there's quite a bit of uh guys who share the gospel on the CU campus and one night I was just I was I was gonna walk I was walking to dinner and I don't know, I, I was just I was talking to God before and then I was on my way like I said, I was on my way to dinner and then this guy you know, just stops by and he's like, Hey, it's like do you believe you're going to heaven right now? Or he might have started like, do you, <laughs> believe, God do you believe in God? And then I'm like, yeah. So we, and then it proceeded into like a really good conversation with him. And he was very not condemning. Yeah. I don't know what the word for that is. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, gentle, nice, kind. Loving, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it just seemed like the way to do it. And it's like, it just kind of, it, it solidified my solidified my faith even more yeah there's some guys on the campus actually that will just stand there and they've got these little packets and the packets have like stories in them uh, like gospel stories 
Um, and I take the packet and I read mm-hmm. it. Um, that might be a better way. It's definitely better than yelling at people, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I think people ne- need to understand that the way that a lot of Christians spread the gospel is not by yelling in a big crowd. It's by having a one-on-one conversation. There's a, a lot time of times it's with that. talking. It's with your actions. Yeah, but the way that we we come to know God is by growing a relationship with him. And the way that we come to know each other is by, you know, creating a relationship with each other. And so I feel as if you have to have some sort of relationship with the people you have to, or they have to trust you in order to believe what you're going to say, because anyone can scream something at me, but it doesn't mean I'm going to trust them. There's no credibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if I built that trust with somebody over the years and the years and they tell me something, yeah, I'll probably take it as fact, even if it's not. Um, And that happens a lot in my life. And so it's, it's definitely something that needs to be, done more often is that you need to build that relationship with people in order to spread Mm -hmm. the gospel properly. Have you, have you had the chance to spread the gospel with any non-believers? I have, but Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, it's one of those things that are like, Oh, well you come to our parties. Granted, I don't drink or do drugs, but they're like, you come to our parties. What authority do you have to speak on this? And so that's one of the big things that I stopped going to all the parties, even though I didn't do anything. You know, Jesus hung out with the sinners too. Exactly. You gotta be, you can't spread, love and knowledge when you're not there. But, yeah. you know, there a lot of people are just very accusing. Yeah. Right. If that makes sense. And so they're like, well, I, you're not any better than me, which at the time I looked back and I was like, you know, you're right. I'm probably not. Because um, I'm not trying to prevent any of this. I'm trying, I'm not trying to, you know, help a brother from falling into sin. And so, yeah, that's, that's one of those things. It's like, yeah, I did try once or twice, but it's it's hard, especially because all these people now join frats, and so they trust those people more. You know, they're paid right. friends, but <laughs> <laughs> they trust them more. And so, if I go up to them and tell them this, and then they start talking to their friends about it, all their friends are going to be like, "No, that's not how that goes. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. right." And so, yeah, you can try, but in terms of success rate, not not so good. What about you, Matthew? You think your heart's in the right place? Turn your question on yourself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just flip that around really quickly. I would say... How can you tell? Like, how how would you go about figuring that how out? How would I, I even start? Is it where your time is? Is it where your thoughts are most of the where time? Where your time is, where your thoughts are. Um, what you my, do in certain situations. I want happen. my heart to be there, but I don't think it is there. Yeah. If is the way of, it is the way of putting it. But can your heart be in the right place trying to get there when you're not when you're still not there? Right. Cuz if your heart's not in the right place, you'll be deceived mm-hmm. by yourself. It I guess it's a tough question. But I'm I'm saying the journey of trying to get your heart to the right place right. is not inherently bad. It just doesn't mean you're there yet. Yeah. So are, mean, you, are you trying to get your heart in the right place? Maybe it's a better it's, question. It's it's yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a journey to get there cuz I mean, I, I still mess up. I still have impure thoughts. And, you know, lately they've been, it's just been taking control of me. Mm-hmm. Same with me, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it gets worse and, and it, worse as, and as then it feels as if like I'm in isolation. Right, right at the point where I'm starting to get better and better and better, I just break again. Mm-hmm. And then I get get up, get up, and then I get break again. It's like I keep getting up and then Satan keeps whacking me with a baseball bat. Ripping the scab then, off. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the knees. What would you say? Where would your heart like? What would your heart look like? What what actions? What things would you 
what things will be different? From, like, I would be sharing the gospel. That's one thing that been is on my heart is not being not sharing the gospel because I just, I just, I, I, I don't know. My there's fear. There's yeah. fear with it. And I remember having a conversation with this one. He's a, like, like I said in the on my last podcast, he's like the Kyle of Boulder. Yeah. And he was telling me it's it's like yeah you're part of this ministry, but it's it's like I I, I ask you to bring some people, and it seems like you're only here on your you know when it's right for you. And I I really had to ponder that for a while, and to go, you know, you're right. It's I haven't been sharing the gospel with anybody, and I've been here for. Four months, and I keep calling myself a Christian. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. Like I only feel safe doing it. Like, I this is an excuse of me sharing the gospel behind mm. the screen with a few listeners, right? Yeah. That, but I want to do more. I want to go like into the real world where people right. don't know it and bring it to mm-hmm. them. Um, and I think we're all called to do that in different ways. Mm-hmm. But I think we all are called mm-hmm. to do that. So, like, it's great to be doing this on the podcast, but try doing it in front of someone. In person, looking into their eyes, yeah. it's it's different. It's a lot scarier, but it's probably also a lot more uh-huh. rewarding as well. Like one one of the one moment where I felt I wouldn't say I don't know what the word is, but all I can think of right now is being tested, as being interviewed for the Ralphie Runner program, and they asked me, "What makes you different? What sets you apart from all these other people trying out?" And I sat there for two seconds. And the po- thought just popped in my head because before I prayed, I'm like, God, you know, bring me the right things to say for this interview. And then this question comes. I'm like, oh, gosh. I'm like, what sets me apart? Well, I'm a man of faith. And that's. Did you say that? Yeah. Nice. And that was my answer. And afterwards, I'm like, huh. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And then, I don't know. that. I think that's. That was a that was a start, I'll say. I and I haven't been. I haven't been doing too well with spreading at all. We're not fishers yet. No, we're not fishers. We're called to be, but yeah, we're still in the boat, swaying about. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not at the point in which I would like to be. I'm not going to sit here and and try to pretend as if I am some great person when I'm off camera. Um, I definitely have a lot of improving to do. And like I think I we said, all do, I think that's yeah. <laughs> I've been an isolate for a while, um, basically cutting off the community, um, in which the community is a very big aspect that you need to mm-hmm. have in order to build yourself up and have others build you up in Christ. This is a big thing I've been thinking about is I heard, I forgot, I think John Eldridge said this in this book, but he was like, people always say you just need God, mm-hmm. but that's not true. Right. You need either a spouse that's also with God mm-hmm. or a community and ideally, you exactly. know, both because like, I mean, that's kind of where the, the Bible verse is, like, where one or two or more gathered in my name, there I'm also, or whatever it says. And I'm not saying you can't just be, like, you and God talking. That's obviously, you should do that. But I think in your life, you should have a community and a family that backs you up, that helps you. Because mm-hmm. sharing the gospel, like, I want to do it so bad, like, just walking in the streets of Aspen, but I'm too scared to do it on my own. Yeah. So if, like, you two would be there with me, I think I think it be doable yeah. and i think we should honestly, we should try honestly try that i think it'd be fun yeah the power in numbers definitely helps um, yeah because if you you start questioning your yourself if you feel as if you're the only one that feels that way yeah um it's definitely a dangerous thing and that's one of the saints biggest tools is separating us from the flock right making yeah. us feel like we're the only one that believes it mm-hmm. so that way you 
feel as if you drive yourself crazy. And yeah. you are like, this isn't even worth it anymore. Nobody believes me. Nobody feels the same way as me. The good thing about America is that there's so many people to where at least one or two idiots will believe you, and then you can <laughs> spread it from there. That's how, science, that's how Scientology started, I think. So, Tom Cruise accepted, yeah. and then they're like, oh, yeah. I guess it must be true. No, I think college, or not college, Satan, I think, utilizes college in that way, where, especially when I first went there, it's like, I'm the only Christian here. What's going on? Yeah, it takes you from your family and your community, and yeah. just dumps you into a place of that's like full of Isolation. uplifting sin. Yeah. And there's so many temptations. It's like an ideal spot that takes them away from their face. Exactly. It's just castles. <laughs> like the little... Yeah, no, they're... <laughs> well, I, I think we should wrap this up. Matt, uh, do you guys have any, any advice you'd share to people maybe going to college or anything that you think you want to share? Colleges are Satan's <laughs> churches. <laughs> Hot takes, let's go. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Colleges can be <laughs> beneficial. Um, just not for some people. <laughs> I think that's genuinely something that you should pray about and that you should care about with your entire heart. You should, you know, put effort into questioning, should I go to college or not? And for some people, it's worth it. Other people get forced to, like myself. And I know people who went to college, they're doing great. They're doing better than people that did go to college and, and then vice versa. So it really depends on who you are as a person and will college fit that standard. Mm -hmm. And that's the question you got to ask yourself. I think you should definitely have something you want to learn when you go yeah. to college. And mm -hmm. if you don't... Will I be a barista after college? <laughs> <laughs> Ask yourself question. that. Ask yourself that. Google search. Do I want to do communications? Well, with that being said, the best uh, uh, <laughs> knowledge ever given <laughs> to children everywhere. Uh, please like and subscribe. Comment some questions down below for the next podcast episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. Are you going to be on the next episode? or um, He's gone. I'm gone on Friday, so unless okay. we did it early now. Well, with that being said, we'll see you guys. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend of Jesus. Jesus is a friend.